welcome to Mojo for the Modern Man. This is your host, Ken Mossman. And in episode 11, today's episode, we'll be continuing my conversation with the inimitable Edwin Vega. And in today's episode, we'll dig into Edwin's work in diversity, equity, and inclusion, how that has come to influence the coaching work that he does out in the world, and also how the world of professional opera came back looking for Edwin years after he left it, um, based on the work that he does. There's also a, a conversation that we have about uh, holding in one hand love of country while at the same time being committed to the work of change on a large scale. So really talking about how those two things can be held at the same time and the importance of holding those two things at the same time, particularly in this time of political divisiveness and upheaval. Before we get into the recording, just a quick reminder, if you have not yet, please do subscribe to Mojo for the Modern Man on your favorite podcasting service. And with that, enjoy this fun, lively conversation between myself and Edwin Vega. So back to your, back to your, uh, your, your personal work, because again, you've, you have been doing this for a while. Um, uh yeah share a little bit and 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 from just speaking to you before we hit record here uh it sounds like you've been doing it a lot of different a lot of different places yeah um, and like a lot of different ways for me it's important and maybe this has always been like i've never been like a one-shot deal kind of person like i kind of want to like have my hands in a couple pots like kind of really diversify myself like one, like my whole lens in my whole life has always been through the, uh, as a person of color. My first identity I most associate with is being Puerto Rican, then as a gay male, or, or then gay, and then as a male. Um, so everywhere I went is through the lens of like, who looks like me? Why aren't there any people that look like me? Why are there only white people in this TV show when a black person could have been the doctor? Um, I watch a lot of Broadway shows. I probably see between six and 10, sometimes a month. And sometimes it's just repeatedly frustrating that you don't see body diversity. You don't see, you see one person in the whole cast who might be a person of color. Um, so my lens has always been there. And I think, so whatever profession I went into, that has kind of become something that shows up. So now in coaching, it's shown up in multiples of ways. One way, some people may trust me as like, oh, you're a specialist in diversity, equity, inclusion. I'm like, well, a lot of my life has been just the experience of being the person who is of the diverse background. Um, but thankfully, I've benefited from people being equitable towards me, like bringing me forward through scholarship and things like that. So my own practice, I would say like 85% of the people I work with, which include my corporate um, coaches as well, are people of color. Mm. So thankfully in my whole like profession, which is so nice, like I'm in a full-time swing of my business, that's even represented in my clients. And oftentimes in the corporate world, it veers away, not so much, but thankfully I've been able to have that be a part of my work. And as a, I was a professional opera singer for four years. And even though I didn't go back to work with that group of people, directly as most people when you coach is like well where are you coming from go coach them wasn't the best fit i have to say but it's actually becoming a better fit now i just um last week sat on a i moderated a panel of artists who were talking and sharing about their experiences not only being people of color in the opera industry which there were some horrible painful stories about that mm. but then the opera company wanted to hear from them directly about what experiences have they had actually in their company 
that actually have been afflicting for them and painful for them because they themselves want to start looking at their leadership and how they're being responsible to this uprising. So it's been pretty neat. And now I just got a call the other day for another type of engagement to work with an opera company to begin looking at some of their equitable practices and looking at their programming and the artists they hire or the artists they don't hire, whose stories they tell and things like that. So it's kind of a, the uprising is having its own kind of spotlight in other areas, which is really cool to see. Yeah, that's, that is cool to see because of course, one of the questions um, that I see in the, uh, you know, in different, news stories, different sources, there is this question uh, about why it, does, does, this, does this movement have staying power? This time, does this movement, does, does this particular movement have staying power? And, and uh, I have my own opinion, and, uh, and, and I'll just share that because my opinion is that there is, you know, there is something different about uh this i'm a i'm a, a few years older than you um <laughs> oh no one can tell who's listening <laughs> that's right no well, well no you know i have enough of a recollection you know at the age of 62 i have enough of a recollection of of the 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 latter uh, part of the 60s and early 70s um to 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 have the to have the lens to to look through and a you know vivid memory of 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 uh, Rodney King etc. Um, uh, but the, the, to to say that there is something different that there is something about this moment in history about the you know the 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 confluence of a global pandemic and the uh, current administration and. Uh, uh, and so much more um, that that has people uh, standing up and really taking notice this time. White people, particularly, mm. you know, people who look like me, um, uh, really standing up and taking notice. So personally, I'm I'm greatly hopeful, and I have not had the experience of living in skin any other. Uh, shade other than my own. So from your uh, perspective, you know, I, I, I am in many ways, I'll just say this, I am in many ways a model, you know, uh, 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 a model of a model of privilege, yeah. uh, you know, as a, as a, as a, as a, as a, a, a cisgendered hetero male, you know, middle-aged white dude, um, suburban, et cetera, et cetera. And, and with that, you know, I'll flip it back to you. What's what? What's your sense of the of the the sticking power and the staying power of this of the movement? Yeah, it first makes me think about like, can we just apologize to the millennials? You know, this whole time we've been ragging on them. They don't do anything. They're lazy. They don't have purpose. But oh my gosh, who's out in the streets? Like when you really look at age groups, it's these younger people who are really putting a face on this movement. And, you know, we, I think we all contribute in different ways towards the movement. You know, someone can write a check. That's one version. Someone could read a book like White Fragility. That's another version. Someone could look at a TV show and say, like, why are there no black people in this show? This makes no sense. It's taking place in New York City. That's a little bit of a, a view of looking through something through the lens of anti-racism, right? Just even right. those things count. But I have to say, like, the millennials have been on it. 
So I just kind of like, maybe this is their moment, you know, to shine through. So when I think of that, and I think what's really interesting, I think the pandemic, since it's still unfortunately very active in our country, one reason that it might be fortunately going on is that people can't go back to quote unquote normal. And because they can't go back to normal, the way we were with in our relationship with anti-racism before was like, hey, if it's not in my world, I'm good. It's all right. I'm not racist. And I think this is holding an evolution of like, no, everyone has to look at themselves. Everyone has a responsibility to see how they're contributing or not contributing towards being anti-racist. So I feel like this movement for me, I think this will be one that we'll look back at as like a huge turning point. And so much so, yes, it has a big uh, epicenter feeling like it's in the U.S., from the U.S., about the U.S., but other countries, not only are they marching and it's visible, you can tell that they're beginning to look at how does this, how does this show up in their cultures? Maybe it's more through colorism. Maybe it's more through classism, which we do know exists in all parts of the world. It's part of the, unfortunately, unconscious human experience. So I feel like this will have ripples and ripples of changes. I feel like this will bring about changes in our government and how we operate, possibly reparations for groups of people who have been wronged. Yep. You know, when you think about our country was built on the backs of black people. It's just like, there's a lot of uh, things that we need to look back at and heal some of the old wounds that are still manifesting today. I hope you're enjoying today's episode of Mojo for the Modern Man. Just a quick reminder, if you haven't yet, please do subscribe on your favorite podcasting service. And with that, back to my conversation with Edwin Vega. Yeah, yeah, beautiful. Well, well said. Um, it's funny, I, 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 I've been doing these calls, uh, these weekly, these weekly men's calls that started, you know, started with a, with the quarantine and, um, uh, uh, mostly American men. And we have a few coming in from, you know, uh, one of our, uh, 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 recent men who joined the group, uh, as, uh, moved here from the, from the Middle East, Another one is uh, uh, someone you know, of course, uh, uh, Leonid, um, who lives here in the States, grew up in Russia. And um, it, it, it's been fascinating having people from outside our own bubble as part of that, part of that group because there's a way that they – uh, there's a different way that they see that they learned American history that in, uh, that in, uh, that in many ways is uh, clearer. And I'm going to say clearer and quite frankly, more honest. And I'm saying that just to be really, really transparent. I'm speaking as a not very good student of history but I will share this because one of the men said, you know, I, 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 I came here knowing that, um, you know, um, uh, that everything that is America uh, in many ways is built on these two wobbly legs of slavery and genocide. Mm. And, and, and it was a fascinating, you know, it was a, it was a, it was a fascinating perspective that had every, uh, every other man on the, on the on the call kind of you know stroke our chins and go huh you know that is uh now and because they're all you know we're all naturally curious uh 
Well, it's a beautiful metaphor. First of all, the table is beautiful. Whoever gets to eat it, it's stunning. Unfortunately, where it says it's made in, not accurate, not attributed well, you know? It's just like, no, and let's get some new legs for this table, you know? I almost cursed. Let's get some new legs <laughs> for this beautiful table, you know what I mean? It's about time. But it is a beautiful metaphor, right? Like, it just was not built in the, the way that it should have been. It's not been attributed that way. And I think anyone with a conscious, I think now we have to look back at it. Again, COVID, thank you, in those ways, um, is having us not, we just cannot not see it anymore in that way. Yeah, it's, it, 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 I love that you put it that way because it's, it, it's, it seemed, it's, it's just time to take off the, uh, take off the rose-colored glasses to let go of the, fairy tale uh that you know and of course uh again not 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 a great student of history um if i were to have the same conversation with my son he'd say well yeah okay. he's a, he's he's done his history is, is is some of his some of his jam um and he would say yeah dad you know what were you missing out on uh and it's it's really easy to look at the the at the at the spread on the table and not notice the foundation that it's built on. I love that yeah, metaphor. Yeah, you know, here's what I think is really cool about this wave is we're we're at the most fundamental level. We're just asking people not to look at the way racism works as like good or bad, but exactly. actually just like, like step back and just notice patterns. Notice like who are the typical people in a Whole Foods? Why are the employees that are running around at the cashier station? Why are the most of them black and brown? That's interesting. Is that a coincidence or is there something systemically kind of kind of emerging out of that that becomes a pattern that we begin to support and ignore? And I think that's the thing we're asking you. Don't support and ignore these issues. Get curious around them and poke them, provoke them, you know, get in different relationship with them to make the difference I think we all want to see together. Yeah. And what I'm hearing in there is the uh, one of the one of the core tools to 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 bring to the project is uh, is is deep curiosity. And I'm and, and like you know um, for lack I mean you know unfortunately this phrase has been co opted on both sides. <laughs> so um, you know so I'm 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 working with a group that's looking at like bringing people of color and white people together to look at like hey between race what's my responsibility here like how am I like what's mine to do like when we enter this conversation. And there's a version that seems really easy to think about what's white people's to do, whatever that might look like. However, there's also stuff for people of color to do. Maybe we need to let go of the pains that we had, all the painful experiences we've had to then look at our white brothers and sisters with a sense of unconditional positive regard. There's a charge there. What do I need to let go of to get in deeper relationship with white people too, to kind of make this like lovely world that we talk about wanting in this blended world, there may be things I need to let go of, wounds and other things that I can be more responsible towards in that conversation of both sides coming together. There's responsibility for everyone in the whole system. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Again, again, Edwin, well said. <laughs> <laughs> no, I wrote out everything before we spoke. And I left it in the kitchen, but I'm just remembering some of the lines. <laughs> <laughs> the 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 piece that i want to underline here because I, the, the 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 you know we know that this work is is confronting and of course it's up to each person to decide first of all you know where 
are, are they willing to look here? Are they willing to do the work? And part of that equation is, am I, am I willing to get uncomfortable and, uh, and set aside that very human uh, compulsion to uh, arrive at conclusions, arrive at solution, you know, jump to fix it. And, uh, uh, you know, I just know, I, 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 can, I, can, I can hear in my voice and, and I can hear in my ears some of the, the voices of, of some listeners uh, hearing to some of what we just said and, and, and potentially jumping to, well, they, 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 they obviously, they don't care about America. They don't love America the way it is. They don't, you know, there's all sorts of, there's all sorts of narratives out there. And um, challenge, I just want to, to, as a reminder, challenging an existing system doesn't mean that you don't, I'll use the table metaphor. Uh, just because you realize that the legs are wobbly doesn't mean that you don't love the table or what's on the table. Just because we're looking in these other arenas and and willing to get uncomfortable doesn't mean that we don't have a a deep love, a deeper abiding love for an entire nation. Um, And it's really important. And I think in many ways, the the work actually comes from uh, and directly relates to an abiding love. I have an abiding love for my children. that doesn't mean I'm not going to discipline them or redirect yeah. them. <laughs> well, you know, it's like this table metaphor is really beautiful. Cause if you think about it, like we're not throwing out the table, we don't want to throw out the table. We want to, we do want to throw out the table. If no one's going to listen and keep doing the same old things they've been doing, that's when we have to throw out the table. But if you actually listen, we can actually reconstruct some parts of the table. We can bring different legs to the table. We can bring different people to the table that's what really matters. Like in that kind of way, that's what we're asking people to do in our coaching work. Right. We always work with helping people move away from an either or mentality. Either I like the U S or I don't. That's not, I mean, that's an interesting way to live your life. It tends to come with its own level of suffering uh, versus like, wow, I do love America for all the things I've had to be a first generation person from America, all the privileges I've had, the amazing work I get to do my life experiences. And there are aspects I don't like. And I've seen them the whole time. And I can be with both of those at the same time. And it doesn't make me feel like I have to choose one or the other. That's where we want people to come in. And I feel like if more people can stand in that, then we might be able to have some conversations because I'm willing to look at the things that you don't love about America and the things you love about America. And I see you being represented in the whole of that versus the parts I don't like. Yeah. Yeah. Again, well said, Edwin. I can't wait to tell my publicist this. They'll be very happy. Of course, I don't have a publicist. But <laughs> I, I have a sneaking suspicion there's one in your future. Oh, gosh. We'll see. <laughs> so, so I want to, uh, I'm aware of time, and I, I know we could go on here, and I want to begin to draw to a close. So um, how can people, well, first of all, uh, uh, you're doing a lot, and you've mentioned a lot of what you're doing, anything Anything else that you want to mention about what you're up to that maybe people can and 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 uh, as well as where people can learn more about you, get in touch with you, have conversation with you? Yeah, I mean, well, you know, we're both on the faculty at the Coactive Training Institute. Mm-hmm. Um, some know it as CTI, and CTI recently, in a very model way, just orchestrated a hiring process that even from the very beginning of the hiring process, throughout the entire process, and at the end of the process 
really held a very diversity focused, inclusive hiring process. So I just want to name that, that if you want to come speak with me more, learn from me, learn from others, that faculty has been um, infused with a wide rainbow of people from various countries. Also within the U.S., a lot of demographics of people are really represented, Black uh, faculty leaders, Asian leaders, Hispanic leaders, leaders that identify as non-binary. I mean, like we're really opening up and who gets represented. And we know that that makes a difference about who gets to come to the class and how validated they feel just by seeing someone who looks like them, thinks like them, speaks like them. So I first just want to plug that. I think that's been a great change in the movement of our industry, not only for the organization, but for the coaching world. So there's something there that's really important. And then for myself, um, yeah, like uh, I'm featured on a recording that I did win a Grammy for recently in January of 2020. Congratulations. So, thank you. I still actually have it in a box here. I have not opened it yet. I don't know if you ever like had fine china, you know, that wedding china that no one uses. I kind of feel like I don't know when I can open the box. <laughs> so it's been here for two days. My neighbor had it for about four weeks while I was gone. Um, so if you want to hear me, you could go to my YouTube channel, which is evega214. You'll hear me sing live there. I'm featured on the recording that won the Grammy, which is called Picker, uh, the Fantastic Mr. Fox, which is based on the Roald Dahl story. I'm one of the farmers that are trying to get this fox off of our farm and stop stealing our geese and um, our flocks. Um, so, you know, those are kind of cool ways it can interact with you, which might be a little bit different from the content we've shared. And, uh, you know, LinkedIn is a great place to connect with me. When you look at people's uh, tag names, mine is Leadership Development Coach. So if you look that up, you'll find me in my profile. Happy to connect um, and have discussions. I think more of these discussions will be happening in different parts um, of our society. And I'm happy to be a part of them, listening and leading. Great. Thank you so much. And uh, listen to the outro. I'll repeat some of the uh, information Edwin just shared, so you can so you can uh, reach out to him and find out what he's up to. So thank you. It has been a delight speaking with you, Edwin. Lots and lots of of good stuff to chew on here, and uh, I'm so grateful you were able to uh, join me today. Yeah, this was fun. I, you know, I'm currently in a non-air conditioned apartment at the moment. And even though it's a little warm here, I'm excited. I'm, um, you know, this is kind of a, a good, good way to spend my day and look ahead and feel really energized. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining me and my guest Edwin Vega here on Mojo for the Modern Man. This is your host, Ken Mossman. And to reach out to Edwin Vega, of course, you can find him on LinkedIn. Uh, you can also reach him via email at edwin at edwinvega.com. That's E-D-W-I-N at E-D-W-I-N-V-E-G-A, edwin at edwinvega.com. And you can reach me at ken at Cirrus Coaching. That's K-E-N at C-I-R-R-U-S coaching.com. And please come by and visit my website. Website address is different. It's Cirrus Leadership, C-I-R-R-U-S Leadership. Dot com And come by, uh, please subscribe to my weekly newsletter, uh, have a look at my classes section. Uh, there's a men's class that's beginning on the 14th of October uh, 2020. It's my flagship 11-week uh, program for men. Uh, 
And uh, if you haven't yet, again, a reminder to please subscribe to Mojo for the Modern Man on your favorite podcasting service. And this is Ken Mossman for Mojo for the Modern Man. Make it a great day. I look forward to seeing you here again.